0: My wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time, welcome to Big Questions for God. This is the show where you can ask difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the wonderful city of Adelaide. If you have any questions on this subject or, or any other subject, you can text them to our desk on 0438 Today, today's big question is talk about the end times, just sensational fear mongering. We've been dealing with this question all week uh, today. Uh, we, we dig deeper into into this subject. Our man in the hot seat today is Pastor Joseph Matichik. It's wonderful to have Joseph with us. Joseph is executive secretary for the Adventist Church in South Australia. Joseph has spent many years in ministry. He's a real ability to make complex things simple. Welcome to you, Joseph Thank you, Gary. Great to be able to be here.
1: This it afternoon. Is,
0: it is fantastic. It's a wonderful day outside. It's almost too good a day to be sitting inside, isn't it? I agree. I agree. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Joseph, tell us a little bit about yourself. Now you're you're a family man. I am
1: um, married to a lovely wife, and uh, she lo- looks after me very well. And uh, we are blessed with two girls, uh, sixteen and thirteen. Oh that's a
0: a wonderful age to have daughters at uh, at that age it's it's a wonderful time I, I still remember my own children at that age you, you can relate to them as you know in a marvelous manner
1: Well it is they they they're now getting to the stage where they're you know, mature enough in lots of ways and um, so yeah you, you can relate to them uh, yeah, in yeah, good yeah, ways so yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. got
0: its challenges but no it, overall it's it's great Yeah yeah no fully fully now tell me What's your work background? What, I, I mean, I, I understand you're working here for the Seventh-day Adventist Church as executive secretary, but what's your history? Yeah. I, I'm a pastor. Um, I, um, I have, uh, always worked for
1: many years now, over 20 years in, uh, pastoral ministry. I, I love, um, being a pastor uh, especially love um, working with people and sharing the Bible with people that's actually been my my greatest joy Um, and seeing people discover Bible truths and particularly the the truths that the Bible has for uh, for these times in which we live Um, so I've had the privilege of pastoring a number of different churches Mm -hmm. in a number of different places and now currently for the last
0: five years though I'm in an, an administrative role ok um, ok we'll, we'll come to that in just a moment but uh, I'm just wondering your uh, you know you've mentioned you've been in ministry for about 20 years now one of the things that I've discovered about, about ministers they tend to travel around a little bit where have you ministered? Yeah so started in Victoria, started okay. in Melbourne uh, worked
1: in uh, in Melbourne and then in uh, regional Victoria mm-hmm. had eight years in Victoria then uh, had the opportunity uh, my wife and I we, we actually went over to, to Albania and okay. we spent three years there um, and um, and then we came back to Australia, uh, had a number of years uh, at a beautiful place in Port Macquarie, mid-north mm-hmm. New South Wales coast. That's a lovely area. It is. How did how how you ever get a, get an appointment to Port Macquarie? I, I considered myself very,
0: very blessed and fortunate. Oh. And, and still miss it. Yeah, I've still got some friends over uh, over there. Actually, they're wonderful, uh, wonderful people. That's a lovely place to live. But tell me, your time in Albania. I'm just I'm interested. Where is Albania? Help our listeners out.
1: Yeah, Albania is in Europe. Right. Um, it's it's what's considered part of the Balkans. So it's it's yeah down on the southeast. It, it's. Uh, uh, it borders Greece on one side, uh, has the Mediterranean Sea, and further across Italy on the other side, mm-hmm. um, and um, yeah, Macedonia uh, north of it. So it's it, it's tucked in there. It's it's not a large country. It's not that well known. Um, fair to say, it's 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 been quite a quite a poor country. Qu- uh, there's been a, quite a bit of development there, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting an interesting place indeed, Gary. Yeah. So
0: what language do people speak in Albania? They speak Albanian. Albanian. Well, and, there, uh, there you go. You're helping me out. No that's no. That's, end. It, that's it. Yeah. So, so did you learn any
1: Albanian? I learned Albanian we le- yeah, and uh in the end I was able to Let's say reasonably communicate. Um, so uh, the locals certainly appreciated that when you're able to, to speak mm. to them in their in their own language. Yeah. So what was your role there in Albania? I was uh, a pastor in a city, and I was also a ministerial secretary for. For, Alba- for what's called the Albanian mission. In other words, I was the ministerial secretary for the Seventh Adventist Church in Albania, which 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 is essentially a like a mentor and a support for for the ministers. Uh, so the
0: pastor's you know. pastor type Correct. of, yep. a type of That's person. Right. Yeah, okay, young okay.
1: ministers that were there, uh, they had these Bible workers, uh, also called global mission mm. pioneers. And
0: so working to support them Train them, equip them. Mm-hmm. What did you most appreciate about that opportunity? I mean, going going overseas to uh, to minister in a foreign country. I mean, as a you know, as a as a young pastor, then y- yourself a number of years ago. Uh, what what was it that you most appreciated about that role? I reckon that what I appreciated the most was the opportunity
1: to uh, t- to, commu- to to work with people in a completely different context and uh, particularly people who did not have, could we say, uh, a, a, a long religious Christian, especially a Christian uh, and a biblical mm. background. Mm. Uh, Albania had been closed as a country for, for, for many years. Mm. Uh, in fact, all religion was, was banned for, for many years. So when communism fell, when the country opened up, uh, Religion and Christianity, and the churches were able to to function, and um, so yeah, it was it was being able to work with people who who didn't have a, a lot of heritage or history or background, mm. um, a in, in the Bible itself, or, or more specifically in let's say in Christian and certainly in, in our church church understanding that, that they really were very young uh, as as a, as a denomination, as a church, as as
0: believers. And, and, so that and, and that's an exciting thing because to be able to present, um, you know, the, the Christian faith uh, to, uh, to individuals who have not, not been, not worked within that context before is, is an incredible blessing.
1: It, it was, yeah. And, and, yeah, both my wife and I consider ourselves really blessed to have been able to have that opportunity yeah, and to to, yeah. to, to be there. Yeah,
0: yeah. Joseph, we're going to come to our question in just, uh, in just a moment. But before we do, let's come to, uh, to, to, a to a song. I, I love this particular song. It's Anthem Lights, because he lives and my redeemer, uh, lives. Let's, uh, uh, let's share together off this song lives,
2: I can
3: I'm not afraid.
4: At the end of the world. Faith FM's free offer today is the final events of Bible Prophecy DVD. Exploring what the Bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of, like the rapture, the second coming, and many more. This DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. To get your free final events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on one 800 faithfm. That's 1-800-324-843.
0: Welcome again to Faith FM, Drive Time, Big Questions for God uh, with Pastor Gary and Pastor Joseph Matichik. This is the program where we look each week at the difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. If you have questions about this, about today's subject or any other subject, you can text them to our desk. That number's 0438 066 Once we receive your questions, we'll invite religious specialists to come and share on those issues. We call them the big questions of the Christian faith. Today we're asking, is talk about the end times just sensational fear-mongering? And I have with me my boss and executive secretary of the Adventist Church in South Australia, Pastor Joseph Matachek. They're called preppers... Some build huge underground bunkers in the United States just uh, recently. I I noticed an ad for the old reinforced missile silos that have been converted into escape fortresses. These refuges are designed to deal with any end-of-the-world type scenario. Life is comfortable in those bunkers. Uh, Swimming pools, personal retreats, Air cleaning systems, recycled water. Um, it's there for the rich and famous. You can have your own personal bunker. Joseph, would you like your own bunker? Depends who I was with. Depends. Hey, now here we've got a sensible man, a sensible man. But that's a really important question: how prepared are you? I mean, just the other day, I was uh, I was amazed. I was looking on the on the internet, and uh, I came up with a with a quiz for how prepared. Are you? Well, I actually did the uh, did the quiz, and uh, I have to admit, I didn't didn't actually rate very well according to the quiz. I actually am not very well prepared. In fact, according to the quiz, I would last about four days, and the only reason I would last four days is because I'm the proud owner of an outside barbecue uh, that has got a a gas bottle. Can you imagine it? Because I have a gas bottle connected to my barbecue, they awarded me significant points. That meant I could last another couple of days. You see, apparently, I'm a Prepper, because I have a barbecue. But some of the other questions really did interest me. Um, I, I I love some of the questions that were there. Do you have a gallon of water per person per day stored in the event of an emergency? I found that to be a, a really significant question because the article went on to point out that apparently most people like to put aside pasta and rice. But they pointed out that pasta and rice without water Mm -hmm. can get rather indigestible. (laughs) Then, of course, do you have an alternative water source? Uh, Or do you get your water, if you get your water from the tap and that goes out, where can you find your water if power goes off and there are no services? How are you going to get your water? The article went on to say uh, that in, uh, indeed the biggest challenge for most people is not actually a pasta and rice and food, but actually water. Because you need a constant supply of water, hmm. you can actually last a lot longer, a period of time uh, without uh, without food. Do you have a battery operator or wind-up radio to use? Well, Actually, I was able to tick that particular question because, uh, because in my study, I've got my uh, my father, uh, my father's. uh, When when he passed away, I inherited his valve radio. So in my study, I've got a valve radio that, when I plug in and turn on, yeah, it does. It does still work, but the trouble is, I have to plug it in, I have to turn it on, and if the power goes out, what hope is there? how prepare you know I I found these uh, these questions to be absolutely intriguing but you know one of the things that uh, that uh, that's blown me away is that talk about the End times and preparation is also, we've seen, occurring in the New Testament. On, on Monday and Tuesday, we looked a, on a couple of different occasions at how the disciples asked questions concerning the end times in their day. Christ responded to their question and he provided answers. I found that significant. But today, I've got Pastor Joseph Matichik uh, with us. Now, now, Joseph is going to share with us from some biblical prophecy. You see, the books of Daniel and Revelation also seem to address this subject. Joseph, tell us. is talk about the end times, is it just sensational fear mongering what do the prophetic writings say in the scriptures can you share with
1: us sure yeah that that, that is a great question Gary it's a very important one and um, I'm glad that I'm able to share from um, particularly the prophetic books because uh, that they really do, do do speak speak to this, and uh, and I believe that we will find some really significant and helpful information. In fact, Gary, if I can start, I, I wanted to start today um, with an amazing prophecy that's found in the Old Testament book of Daniel, mm-hmm. uh, in Daniel chapter two. Okay, okay. I, I want to go there. So we're going to see there that it's this is actually couched uh, in an an incident that occurred. To an ancient king by the name of King Nebuchadnezzar, uh-huh. who was then the king of the Babylonian Empire, mm. the ancient Babylonian Empire. Now it's interesting, Gary. I I actually first came across this prophecy when I was around maybe ten or eleven years old, mm. and uh, I was I was fascinated by how it got fulfilled throughout history,
0: even though I didn't fully understand. You know, all this prophecy has actually blown so many people out of the water, hasn't it? You know, I mean, when people get to see this, they turn around and they say, wow, is this possible? But, but keep going. It is. And, and I think, yeah, uh,
1: what's really fascinating is this. Daniel chapter 2, in my words, is the ABC of Bible prophecy. Yeah. Uh, in, in the sense that it, it, it's, it's kind of really the, the foundational one. In a sense, it's very basic. Mm hmm. And it lays the foundation because others others build on it, others uh, in a sense uh, go uh, review it and then then add to it. However, it, it is still still profound, even though it might be in a sense a basic one, it actually is going to say something to us that's very relevant to our very mm. time today. Mm. So um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I t- to me, if, if, Whenever I am able to get into a conversation with someone who, who does not uh, have a, have a biblical, real biblical understanding or more so who perhaps is not convinced
0: of the Bible, mm-hmm. this is where I would start with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I have seen so many people actually um, that their attitude to the scriptures change when they realize what's being said in this particular chapter. That's right. Yeah. yeah, It's powerful. It's powerful. Now, in Daniel chapter 2, what we find
1: is uh, the setting is a dream that King Nebuchadnezzar had. Uh, and King Nebuchadnezzar wants to know what the dream means. So he calls in his wise men mm-hmm. to, to to interpret their dream for him. Uh, and and, and the, these wise men were astrologers, enchanters, sorcerers, uh, you name it. However, they are unable to to interpret the dream for the king. And uh, he, he threatens them um, with, with with punishment by death. If they don't do it, uh, they, they, they simply acknowledge to him that, that that's something that they cannot do. They do not have that ability. Uh, and then enters into the story a, a, a Jewish captive by the name of Daniel. He comes before the king and um, and uh, he he, um, he he speaks to the king and i, I want to come to into that story uh, at that point where in particular where daniel addresses the king um and and i'm going to read uh, Gary from daniel chapter 2 and verse mm-hmm. uh, verse uh, 20 in fact Oh, I'll start from verse 27 if that's okay just to give a bit of the context um, because the king has just asked Daniel are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it Daniel replied in verse 27 no wise man, enchanter, magician or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about and uh, I I just wanted to read now particularly verse 28 no, notice what, what, what Daniel says and, and it says here, Daniel says to the king, "But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and He has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days." So let me let me just stress that Daniel says to to the king that there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. Mm. Mm. Um, so, in other words, God's the only one that really knows yeah, the future. Yep. yep. And he has made, he that is God's made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Now, a couple of other versions say, uh, in, in the days to come, mm. or another one says simply in the future. In the future, yeah, yeah. Now, whatever this dream was, is, mm. uh, it's,
0: it's clearly revealing the future. And you know, to me, I think there, Joseph, you make an absolutely vital point here because what we're actually talking about is a God who is involved in predictive Prophecy. That's right. You know, and and to me, that is something. I, I just uh, on my holidays just uh, a little while ago, I had the privilege of reading um, Dr. John Lennox, who is uh, uh, a professor of mathematics at uh, at Oxford University. He's actually just written a a book uh, two or three years ago now uh, on the Book of Daniel. A, a mathematics professor talking about Daniel. But you know, this uh, Daniel chapter two, he deals with this uh, Daniel chapter two, and what you're actually sharing now is exactly what he uh, does share in his book, and it's powerful stuff. But the point that he makes there is that here we're serving a God that's actually involved in predictive prophecy. Here we've got a God who can actually see the future. You know, Joseph. To me, that says we've got a powerful God here. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. And and Daniel makes sure that he actually stresses that
1: aspect of mm, about God. He doesn't mm. claim credit for himself. So whatever the dream means, it reveals the future. And so. Uh, Daniel then continues, uh, he addresses the king, and he says says to the king, this is verse 31, Daniel 2, verse 31, Mm. uh, I'm reading here, it says, You looked, O king, and there before you stood a large statue, enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on the feet Mm -hmm. of iron and clay, smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were broken to pieces at the same time and became like chaff on a threshing floor uh, in the summer. And and then it says the wind swept them away without leaving a trace. But that rock that struck the statue, it became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. Mm. So... What King Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream essentially was a statue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a statue, uh, an image, um, which. Uh, had different metal parts. Its head was of gold, chest and arms of silver, uh,
0: thighs of bronze, legs of iron, down to uh, feet and toes of iron. And, and of and course, clay. in ancient Babylon, this is something that uh, King Nebuchadnezzar would have been very familiar with because uh, images were were everywhere. Uh, this is this is something that would be very common in uh, in ancient Babylon. And I can probably envisage as Daniel is saying, yeah, you saw
1: this and it had this. It, it probably coming back to him and saying, uh huh, uh uh-huh, That's that yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. That, Exactly, That's exactly right. Um, The interesting thing is that Daniel, as the Bible tells us here, that Daniel just continues on and he says, well, this is the dream, now we'll interpret it to the king. Mm -hmm. And uh, he he basically uh, then continues to address the king and he says to the king, uh, Gary, this is fascinating, uh, in verse 38, just near the very end of the verse 38, he, he says to the king, you are that head of gold. And so Daniel begins with the top, mm-hmm. uh, the head of gold, mm-hmm. and he says to Nebuchadnezzar that he and Babylon was represented by the head of gold. Yeah. Um, and so it begins from where 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 Daniel was, where where certainly where Nebuchadnezzar was. That's that's where this prophecy begins. He goes on then. He says, after you this is verse thirty nine uh, after you, another kingdom will rise, inferior to yours. Let us just stop there. Mm-hmm. Now here we here we find something interesting developing. Um, Daniel is saying to the king, "You are the head of gold," and he may have been thinking, oh, this is this is pretty good." Yeah, but he doesn't stop there. Mm-hmm. The statue went from the head of gold to chest and arms of silver, and Daniel's now explaining that as the ch- the head of gold. Uh, underneath it was just some silver so that there would be that would indicate that there was going to be another kingdom Uh that was going to come Uh and sure enough that's exactly what happened Babylon was uh, overthrown literally overnight Uh by the Medes and the Persians
3: Uh
1: Uh and so Babylon ruled roughly from 605 BC through to about 538 BC and then the Medes and, and then the Persian Empire came and was the next dominant empire, mm, uh. just as the prophecy indicated uh, that another kingdom would come. And they didn't have the, I guess the the, 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 the pomp and, and and the the. the, the um, the magnificence of, of Babylon, hence the text says, inferior to you. Then Daniel continues, after you, this is still in verse 39. He says, Next a third kingdom, uh-huh. one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Mm. It predicts here another kingdom. And again, history proves this the correct. The Persians were conquered by the Greeks. By the Greeks yep. uh, in three hundred and thirty-one. B.C. Mm, mm. Um, And this is fascinating how it's just unfolding. Now, now we're already about 200-odd or more years from when... Daniel and when Nebuchadnezzar was given this
0: this dream, this, this prophecy. And, indeed. And you know, Joseph, to me the really exciting thing about this is that this, as you explained initially, and, and totally correct, that this is the foundational prophecy, but you get another prophecy later in the book that actually builds on it and actually names... Greece now can you imagine this? you know we've got a prophecy later in the book that um uh it actually well it's actually found in daniel eight twenty one uh at, at this time that the kingdoms are are seen as being uh as um uh as animals, mm. and uh this time you get the male goat is the kingdom of Greece and it's actually named um you know to me. That is so exciting to see that we've got predictive prophecy that's able to name replacement kingdoms hundreds mm. of years in advance yep. of uh, of their actually uh, coming to uh, to fruition. To me, that's powerful stuff. But please keep yep. going, Joseph. So we,
1: we we then read on verse forty. Uh, it says, uh, "After you, uh, sorry, no, verse forty. Finally." There will be a fourth kingdom strong as iron, it says mm. here. Mm. Uh, it, okay, so after Greece, we know from history that the Greeks were followed by the, by the Romans, by the Romans. And so uh, the, the legs of iron in the statue represents the Roman Empire so mm. we had the he- head of gold Babylon uh, chest and arms of silver meter Persia thighs of bronze Greece legs of iron Rome mm. one two three four successive world empires represented uh, by these four metal by these four metals in this image that's correct that's correct and uh, and so that brings us down to the to the Roman Empire uh, th- represented here by the legs of iron Rome the Roman Empire was from about 168 BC through to 476 AD now this is where it gets interesting Gary Mm. Uh, verse 41 uh, we we read here um, it says here just as you saw that the feet and toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron so this will be a divided kingdom Yet it will have some of the strength of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay. I'll just read on. As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will be partly strong, partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with bay clay, so the people will be a mixture mm. and will not remain united any more than iron mixes iron mixes with clay. So it's now saying... This is powerful. Yeah. What happens after the fourth kingdom? What happens after Rome? Is there a fifth empire? No, it, it's in, notice the words that are used here divided, partly strong, uh, not remain united, mm. uh, and that's
0: exactly what happens in history. Exactly. As you look at the Roman Empire, you actually see it break up to barbarian hordes, don't you? You know, and basically, out of the Roman Empire, you get the, the nations that we see there today. Um, and yet, you could never call them dot united, could you?
1: Well, that's that's exactly right. I mean, uh, essentially, that's 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 Europe as we have it, and and, and just as you said, it, it's you know, it, not not fully united. It, it's somewhat combined. But not not fully united. Uh, There have been attempts down the centuries to 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 try to unite it. Mm. Uh, Individuals such as Charlemagne and Kaiser Wilhelm, more recently Hitler, and then then I think you know in our day, Gary, we have this thing called the European Union. Yeah. Now. You mentioned uh, in the introduction about us uh, working in Albania, and we did. And, you know, Albania was desperate; is desperate to get into the EU, yeah, European yeah, Union. You, know, yeah. you know, the countries over there, uh, a lot of people that are poorer see that that's that's the thing to join. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, we've seen some interesting things in just the last few years. If I just mention the word Brexit, mm, mm. W- w- what do we what do we get from that? We're suddenly seeing that this union is doesn't seem to be
0: all yeah. it was. Hoped or intended to be. And the scriptures are saying here, they shall not blend or bond together. You know, they'll attempt to do it. You know, it talks about, you know, mingling the seed of men. In other words, intermarriages going. And that has happened a lot throughout history. And yet you turn around and you look at it and you say, and scriptures in this passage say, hey, they're not going to be able to achieve the desired outcome. To me, as I look at that, Joseph, I say, hey, you know, it's, this is powerful material in the scriptures. Well, it is. And it's uh, suddenly, suddenly we've come to uh, this prophecy
1: which started way back in ancient Babylon. We're suddenly down to right now, our our very day. Indeed, indeed. Uh, Right down to our very day. So the point of all this is we are living, if I can put it this way, Gary, we are living in the feet and toes of iron and clay.
0: Mm. You
1: know, if you think of that statue... So we're
0: we're getting to the end of the statue.
1: Very end. Now, do you remember in the dream what, what next happened? The next thing that came was that stone... That came and, and smashed the
0: image. Mm. Uh, that, that was the last event. Can you wow. read us that passage? Yes. Yeah, is it Because I, th- I think that's, that's an incredibly powerful thought that is actually being expressed here because
1: uh yeah so in the dream the stone came or the rock uh, depending on which version you use it struck the statue on the feet that was up in verse 35 and then down there uh, if we come down to verse 44 now is this interpretation that that, and this, this is the beauty in the Bible it explains itself so yeah, well yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This, is, this is powerful in the time of those kings it says there in the time of those kings in other words that's in the time of the feet and toes of iron and clay the time we're living in. Wow. Yeah, yeah. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, mm. nor will it be left to another people. It mm. will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, wow, it, it is saying to us that rock that comes is the coming kingdom of God that is going to put an end to all earthly kingdoms, to human civilization as we know it and it will mark the beginning of God's kingdom that's going to be set up which will last
0: forever. So there's going to be a change is going to take place. In other words, what the uh, what the uh, prophet Daniel is saying here is that there's going to be a kingdom replaced by a kingdom replaced by a kingdom replaced by a kingdom and you know I would have thought that after four kingdoms well another one would come along and another one but that's not what he says. He turns around and says kingdom, 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 kingdom divided kingdom then there's only one part of this prophecy that hasn't yet been fulfilled. That's exactly right and and that is
1: this coming kingdom of God. That's that's the last bit that we're we're waiting for and uh, that's the next event. Uh, Elsewhere the Bible speaks of that as the second coming of Jesus Christ. Um, We are living
0: at the very end of this long prophecy according to this prophecy that that to me is the significant point for us today you know in the transition of human history we're finally getting to the point where it's all coming together that's right and and, and so
1: just as all the other aspects of the prophecy being perfectly fulfilled we can be sure that what it predicts is going mm. to take place in other words this world's going to end mm. and jesus kingdom will be set up so is talk about the end times just sensational fear mongering no it is actually real we are living in the time of the end Mm, mm. Um, and so that's Daniel 2 now the interesting thing Gary is uh, in the book of Daniel uh, Daniel chapter 7 is another prophecy yeah. And I don't intend for us to go through it in detail. It, it, it actually would would require probably um, uh, a number of presentations to really mm-hmm. unpack it. But uh, l- suffice to say that Daniel chapter seven parallels it. Uh, mm-hmm. In chapter seven, you, you'll read of four animals or four beasts. Yeah. Now in yeah. chapter two, we had four metal parts. Yeah. 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 Now we've got four beasts. You know, it, 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 it matches each other. Um, But it gives us more information. Yeah. Uh, You got the four. And then after the fourth beast, it talks about a new power that's going to arise. Yeah. Um, that's going to come out of Rome. That's going to be a persecuting power. It's a so it actually
0: it actually gives us more yep. information. That's right, and that's what the beautiful thing. As I look at the Book of Daniel, we seem to have we have this base level prophecy in Daniel two, which you correct, yep. correctly de- described. But then as we go to Daniel chapter seven, it, it it opens it out a bit more. And the further we go into the book, the more this more information that we're provided about the history of planet Earth. But see, significantly all the prophecies end up at exactly the same point
1: exactly right that's exactly right so daniel you know just on daniel 7 for example uh, it talk, it's got the four then it talks about this new power that's going to emerge out of rome and and essentially a religious political it, it it refers to the medieval church we can say of the dark in the middle ages so mm-hmm. suddenly it provides a span uh, an outline of, of of that span of history yeah. which daniel 2 didn't really touch on yep. Yep. Um, and then and then he talks about god's kingdom set up so, like you said, uh, it comes to the same end point again. Um, and again, it highlights for us that we're living just before that, 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 that and time. And this is
0: something that so many secular people today don't actually realize because they think the Bible is something that is relevant for, you know, two, three thousand years ago, but it doesn't have a lot of relevance for today. Whereas, in actual fact, the opposite is actually true. Absolutely. What we find here is a book that is incredibly relevant. For the times in which we're living, uh, Joseph, I'm really conscious that our time is starting to escape from us. Let's come to another another song. Okay, uh, this is uh, Andy McLeod. Uh, Signs of the times. This is a powerful uh, a powerful song. Uh, please enjoy.
3: Daily in the papers. Signs of the times around us Tell me the apocalypse will ensue
4: Say about the end of the world faith fm's free offer today is the final events of bible prophecy dvd exploring what the bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of like the rapture the second coming and many more this DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish and Portuguese. To get your free final events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM, Drive Time, Big Questions for God with Pastor Gary. Uh, this is the program where we look each week at the difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. If you have questions, you can text them to our desk. Our number is 0438 635. Each week we invite you to text in your questions with your first name and we'll invite religious specialists to come and talk about the big questions of the Christian faith. Today we're asking, is talk about the end times just sensational fear-mongery? I have with me in the studio Pastor Joseph Matichik, who's a long-time pastor and currently executive... Secretary of the South Australian Conference. Joseph, I cut you off. Now, I'm conscious that our time is starting to escape and I, I I just really wanted us to to move on. But Joseph, you're going to say something about the book of Revelation. Now, can you do that in five minutes? Oh, I'll give it a go, Gary. Give it a go, give it a go. I'll give
1: it a go. You know, it's fascinating, Gary, because uh, Daniel in the Old Testament and you come to Revelation in the New Testament, Revelation being the very last book of the Bible, it actually complements Daniel. It, it, the two books go together so significantly, uh, Gary. It, it's, it's, it's really, really interesting. There, there are significant links between Daniel and Revelation. For example, I just want to just touch on a couple of passages. Revelation chapter 13. Mm-hmm. Revelation chapter 13 right there in verse 1 uh, there's a vision there's the, the, the prophecy of, of, a, of a beast yeah. and the description there uh, given of it is that it was like a leopard, uh, feet of a bear, mouth like a lion and what's interesting here Gary is that that is imagery from Daniel chapter 7 it's amazing, isn't it? it the is. way that he picks it up, exactly, yeah, exactly. So it, 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 it's essentially referring back to that. Uh, it, it's it, it's referring us back in a sense to Daniel chapter seven. It's
0: what a lot of people don't realise here is that what we've actually got is um, John is actually referring back to his Bible because the, of course, the what we call the Old Testament was actually John's Bible. So what he's actually doing is picking up imagery from his Bible and. We find it in that particular prophecy, but please come again, Joseph. And so, here in Revelation chapter thirteen, uh, it, it's it's a, a
1: power that's described here as this beast, uh, and and you read about it, uh, people worshiping it. Uh, it. It's also again referred to as a as a persecuting power. We're giving given a time period, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't have time to explain that, other than that the time period matches. Uh, the period of the, of the medieval church of the dark in the Middle Ages, which was covered in Daniel uh, chapter 7. Mm-hmm. So it's the same power that, that's referred to here. Uh, and then it goes on. And in the second part of the chapter, uh, it it talks about another beast that comes up um, it, that has horns like a lamb and speaks like a dragon and it it, it essentially supports the first beast um, and and the, the the Bible there talks about that it's uh, it's going to perform signs, it's going to deceive um, that the world uh, will will follow this, etc. So w- we're talking about here the the superpowers, the key players in the world in the last days, Gary. Mm. Um, and what we find here essentially is this: it's it's a religio political superpower.
0: And that's one of the most remarkable things that you actually find. You know, the original uh, prophecy that you mentioned, you called it the the base level prophecy. And indeed, that's what it is. Yep. But Daniel chapter 7 built on that. Yep. And then Revelation chapter 13 actually took imagery from that particular chapter and incorporates it into Daniel, uh, into Revelation chapter 13. That's right. And what we get is a picture starts to build up of a, of religious empires that are impacting our world today. Yes. You know, Joseph, I'm so conscious that this, we could have a, an entire seminar. In fact, we've both taught seminars dealing with this particular this particular we subject, have. but Joseph, I want to say I'm conscious of our time. I'm really, I'm just really wondering. However, you know, beasts, um, uh, images, it almost makes a scary world even more scary. Uh, you know, this this question, you know, is talk about the end times just sensational fear mongering. We're saying, no, we're talking about something that certainly within the scriptures mm. uh, is mm. certainly being presented as incredibly authentic. But doesn't this make a scary world even more scary? Well, it, look at it this
1: way, Gary. Um the Bible does talk about these uh, these events, and, and it does talk about it a, 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 a quite an interesting time before us. That's mm. that's true. We can we cannot actually escape that. Um, but people, I believe, people who are watching what is going on are recognising that there is something something happening, Gary. Yeah. People who are yeah. astute, people who are watching, they see the warning signs in our climate. Population growth, the fragile eco- economy, which is so globally connected, mm. astute people can recognise that we are living in interesting times. I mean, even the, this COVID nineteen just gives us a bit of a hint, just just even a little hint of yeah. how things yeah. can change very yeah. quickly. Yeah. And Revelation, just very quickly, Revelation seventeen, but especially Revelation eighteen, predicts how the world's civilization can come to an end very quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, is this talk fear mongering? Well, let me put it this way. Uh, it's actually, it would be actually uh, irresponsible if we didn't share what the Bible predicts is going to occur. Mm. Look, look at it this way. What, what do we do uh, in other areas of life? We want to be prepared, Gary. We want to be prepared. For example, before an exam, you study. Mm. Uh, before retirement, you, you build up savings for yeah. retirement. yeah. How much more important then is it to be prepared for eternity? Now, talking about the end times not only helps us make sense of what is happening now, but it'll help us to know how it will end and what the future really holds. And it's a glorious future.
0: What What you've just said is actually quite profound. Just share that with us again because that is actually very, very profound what you've actually just said. Yeah. The, the, this, these prophecies
1: reveal to us that we are going to uh, face some very interesting times of superpower, uh, glo- global
0: powers coming. And these together. are the questions that people are asking yeah. today. Because I'm, I'm finding more and more people are actually asking these questions, certainly of me.
1: Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And essentially, the Bible predicts that there is going to be some sort of like a one world government or whatever it is. Uh, people, people coming together in in some uh, global kind of a coalition yeah, uh, yeah, before yeah. the end. It's going to involve worship. There, there is going to be a religious deception. All. this is is going to take place, there are going to be disasters, it's all going to happen and then God's kingdom will come and in a sense Jesus will come to take his people that have
0: chosen to believe and follow him so uh, and he's going to and take you get a recreation happening there don't exactly you you right. know what you actually get there is a uh, you know an earth made new because that's of course how the uh, the book of revelation actually finishes off the first uh, three chapters of the Bible you get the uh, the fall of mankind the last three chapters you get the restoration of, of mankind you get this beautiful picture within the within the covers of the scriptures that's exactly right so uh, the beauty of this is it tells us um, what that future is going to be like
1: natural disasters pollution global warming won't continue disease death suffering will be gone forever injustice abuse crime will be no more the book of revelation says that there is a new earth coming where and i quote from chapter 21 revelation 21 in verse 4 it says there will be no more death nor sorrow nor crying and there shall be no more pain it That's will powerful, be a won- it? it will be a yes. wonderful world a world with real peace all wickedness will be gone. For example, it even mentions that we're going to be walking in streets of gold and live
0: forever. And and you know, to me, I think of uh, uh, you know John chapter fourteen. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe yes. in God. Believe also in me, yep. in my father's house and many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And, you know, to me, as I, as I read that promise, I sort of see some incredible hope here. Uh, yes, the, uh, the scriptures seem to talk about humanity actually running down in its form. Hmm. And yet at the end, there is, there is an end point where Christ himself does act. To me, that seems to be incredibly powerful. In in every situation, in every
1: prophecy, it always climaxes with God's kingdom being set up, which is going to be glorious, which is going to be eternal, which is going to be fantastic.
0: What incredible hope Absolutely. that really gives us. Absolutely, Joseph, I'm conscious of our time. I'm just wondering as we finish, would you just like to pray for us? Sure, be happy yeah. to do that. Let, let's do that. Dear
1: God, Lord, it is just so incredible that you are a God who not only knows the end from the beginning, who knows exactly what the future holds, but you have revealed it, revealed it through these remarkable prophecies. And we have the privilege dear God, to be able to see how these predictions have been fulfilled so accurately down through history, down through time. Lord, we've recognised that um, uh, Bible prophecies do refer to uh, interesting times ahead, um, the key players on a global scale, um, the issues that we will face, the challenges, the difficulties But that's not the end, and we just want to thank you so much that you are coming, Mm -hmm. coming back soon, coming to take people who choose to believe and accept your free gift of salvation that you have offered through Jesus Christ. Thank you for that. Thank you for the great promise of the return of Jesus and the coming kingdom of the new heaven and a new earth where we know life will be forever perfect That's what we look forward to, and I pray that each person that's listening will decide in their hearts and minds to to commit their lives to you, to get to know you, and Mm -hmm. to want to be part of your kingdom is my humble prayer for all of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, Joseph, it uh, looks like our time is up for today. You've been listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Questions for God with Pastor Gary. Uh, This is the program where we look each week at the difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. If you have questions, please text them to our desk. That number again is 0438 Thanks for joining Pastor Gary and Pastor Joseph Matichik on The Drive Time Show. Tomorrow we dig deeper again into this question. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May the Lord richly bless you. We're going out with uh, Reggie Smith. I have fixed my mind. On Another Time Please enjoy
2: I have fixed my mind On another time On another time To stand until God gives me more.